morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us talking, thinking, imagining, considering, most importantly, other perspectives. During our hour together, let's get connected and get inspired to do just a bit more because we made the connection. And as we continue to shelter in place, this is a time for us to consider cultural insights. Give us a time to think about it. Give us a time to take a pause, to consider other perspectives is so important, especially now, especially when we have some time to ourselves to think and be and explore what's next. So today our topic, we're going to be continuing our series on cultural perspectives. And joining me today is Claire Say, who is a multilingual master organizational development consultant with a passion to optimize team performance with diverse cultures. Her current clients include Fortune 100 companies, federal and local government and nonprofit organizations, and with a majority of her clients are really in the middle management to senior executive roles. So she can give us, I think, some really top top-line executive thoughts right now as we're trying to figure out what's the business of tomorrow. Welcome, Claire. We're so glad you're here today. Great. Thank you, Laurie. So, Claire, what I'd love to do for our audience is have you first share with us about your career in, in the early stages. What did you learn about cultural identities, particularly in the corporations, that informs the work that you do today? Uh. Thank you for that question. I actually, when I started my career, I started with an oil company where I was the first Asian woman marketing rep going to service stations, car dealerships, and ATF shops um, in the history of the company. And they have they were the number two company at the time in the United States. And what I learned was one part of it that they wanted me because because I'm Chinese, two as a woman. Three, that I didn't really fit the mold, but they wanted me to fit the mold. And what I learned culturally is how to hold on to my personal identity without losing it within the corporation. And then how I could be seen as successful, not being a white male from Houston, Texas, pickup truck, gun rack, <laughs> fishing lodge in Minnesota that had started in sales. And so what I learned uh, from my own culture was to hide a little bit of what I, what I did as a Chinese person, which is really to think, uh, reflect, and then speak. And I was told that, well, you need to jump on in. And then when I jumped on in, they said, well, Claire, you're not really managed material. You're, you're too opinionated and, and uh, confrontational. And so what I understand, what I learned is that how can I be successful in the package that I came in and also uh, be successful within that organization? And luckily, I had a few people that were mentors and sponsors that helped me. So in terms of I could not do it on my own, which coming back to my own culture was that, you know, really being more collectivist. And people were open to giving me some of the unwritten rules in order to be successful. And I, I moved through four different organizations and divisions, which is a very unusual career path because I did punch that card for sales. And then um, I stayed there 15 years before coming in as a consultant. What are important issues that you share in terms of helping the corporations that you do, that you consult with to understand and to maximize the talents of the Asian um, community, especially with what you faced in terms of not necessarily being viewed as management material. How do you help the corporations understand how to grow, develop, and support uh, Asian leaders? Yeah, I mean, part of what what I do with with a lot of the senior leaders. Uh, in terms of helping to, one, identify Asian talent, two, to be able to engage with a- Asian talent. 
and then three, to really develop them to the point where, one, there's the confidence to be able to do the work and to uh, to to really ascend up to that leadership uh, levels. Two, to also making sure that they have the support and the conversations and the dialogues on a daily basis to, one, to assure their confidence in their competence, two, to make sure that the other people in the quote-unquote inner circle can really see the Asian as, see them as a person first, as a producer, as a high potential, and then, oh, by the way, they happen to be Asian. Uh, Because a lot of times, too, organizations take a look at, we need more diversity because we have, uh, we need to have uh, window dressing, quite honestly, what I call it. And what we need to do is really see what can the person bring to the organization? What are the skills, talents, abilities? And also, what are the benefits of actually having different perspectives? Because we don't want to uh, create an environment where people is like, oh, I'm going to hire like me because I like me. It's like we need to have a, a lot of diverse perspectives in order to to really have sustainability, especially in these current times. Um, as, a, as an Asian, I'm very aware of a lot of the, uh, the, the negative negativity towards being Asian. Uh, you know, you've, you've created this pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of unconscious bias that are coming up as conscious actions that where students have been attacked, uh, people that are of, of Asian heritage have been uh, physically and verbally attacked in public. And what we need to take a look at is that what is the underlying cause for that? The other piece, too, is that once we understand that, oh, we might have some stereotypes and assumptions that are not accurate because one size does not fit all. In helping uh, prepare to go back into a business structure when we all get out of our um, shelter in place. And it may, who knows what that business structure looks like. Maybe we will continue to work out of our homes and maybe we'll continue. There's all sorts of possibilities. But if you had a crystal ball um, to advise what the next step after the shelter in place looks like, how would you create uh, ideas for folks to consider about what inclusion really means? And this is – as we're going into that next step, we're, we're part of transformation right now because it will never be the same as it was before COVID-19. So what things to be thinking about right now for the – when we start to not have to be locked down quite as much as we are right now? Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, in terms of since we have more time at our, you know, in our at-home shelters, that this is the time to really reflect upon what has been working, what has not been working in terms of uh, diversity, in terms of do we have the diverse talent? And it's more than just race and gender. It's a lot of skill sets, communication skills, working styles, work tempo, uh, be able to have communication styles. Are there also some people that have been overlooked? And this is a time to reflect, have we been doing some in-reach or do we continue to spend millions of dollars doing outreach? Also recognizing that the generations have changed, that with some of the younger generations and the experienced hires that were coming in, they're just like, you know, they're taking a look at going, well, if, if I don't feel like I belong to this organization, they don't value me, they don't respect me, then and what are the behaviors that are associated with inclusion and engagement, then I won't stay. And some of the leaders that are in the organizations right now need to really take a look, a hard look, a very honest look as what have the process been? Have we been only selecting from our in-groups? Or have we been really being um, expansive in terms of getting a lot of our our folks together saying, who is really the best person that can help move our organization forward? Who can increase sales, increase membership, um, increase uh, followership from our customers and clients? 
And this is really the time to not only reflect on it as an inclusive leader, saying, how can I be active? How can I take a look at what can I do to really shift the culture in my organization and then be an advocate and champion? Because we don't need allies anymore because allies basically say, yeah, we support you. Really need to have people that are saying, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to hold people accountable. And also, we are going to continue to move forward. And if people are not accountable to to really support diversity and inclusion, then they may have, quite honestly, outlived their shelf life. And we need to, to replace them. Something that always seems to come up is the fitting in. The higher you go up in an organization, there's this whole notion of fitting in. And we only have a minute left in our segment right now, but I'd like to have you comment on that and then we can dig a little deeper in our next segment uh, about leadership development and and what that looks like uh, and and how how to really do a deeper examination of when we say, does this person fit in? What are we really talking about? Yeah, when we're talking about, uh, especially in the, as you go upper in the upper levels of what is this notion of fitting in, the executives really need to take a look, a hard look at themselves saying, is my ego in this that people that I am comfortable with or is it there or am I selecting people that would really do the best for the organization to grow, sustain, and really expand within our particular industry? And I think also what's Part of that is knowing how much uh, our our world is becoming multicultural. You know, this shows us more than ever that we're a global, connected society. So, what skill sets people have in terms of understanding culture or being culturally intelligent actually is a skill set that is to be admired and is useful in looking at leadership decisions and um, opportunities to grow companies. Oh, I, I agree. With with cultural intelligence in a global economy, we've already been diverse. The the stuck point that we have in this organism in this particular country is taking a look at, you know, how do we really be inclusive? How can we be open to ideas that are not mine? And also that it's not around my personality and attack. It's really about the process and the process needs to have multiple perspectives in a global economy to be sustainable. And that's certainly in this particular situation uh, that we're going with the COVID um, environment globally, we see who's really going to be essential and who's not essential. And we need to apply that to who is essential to leading our organizations and to who is able to be able to hear what our employees and associates are saying, what our customers are saying in order to be flexible and be able to pivot. And with that, I'm going to close out this segment, but I'm also going to do a tease into the next one where we're also going to be talking about emotional safety and how employees are feeling um, anxious and scared and how do we take inclusion to be part of what to reflect on to build our new reality of businesses of the future? So, Claire, I look forward to having you in our next segment. And stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne-Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out brunsonspub.com.
Zero Res has proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. This month, you can get three rooms Zero Res clean starting at only $129 and take $50 off your air duct cleaning. Plus, they'll always follow CDC guidelines when cleaning your home. That's 952-ZERO-RES or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Minuteman Press Uptown is still open and printing everything. But they are taking some extra precautions. You can order by phone or online and do curbside pickup. Plus, they can help restaurants staying open with direct mail and geofencing. That's Minuteman Press Uptown. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. The Park Tavern won't be having their Easter buffet, but you can still take advantage of the Park Tavern's great Easter family meal takeout option. That's correct. Get three pounds of maple glazed ham, three pounds of potatoes, two pounds of glazed carrots, and a rain check for an hour of family bowling, all for $34.95. Add an apple pie for only $9.95 more. Make your order by 6 p.m. on the 9th, and pickup will be available all day Saturday the 11th and until noon on Sunday the 12th. Call 952-929-6810 to order. Get your Easter family meal to go with a little help from the Park Tavern. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. Thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950. This is a challenging time for everyone, including us here at the radio station. To make sure AM 950 keeps broadcasting, we need your help. Head over to AM 950 Radio and sign up to support AM 950 with however much you can. And Brett and I will personally be thanking listeners who contribute on our shows. Head over to am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com and declare, yes, I want to support AM 950. From everyone at AM 950 and from me personally, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we are continuing our series on cultural perspectives. Joining me today is Claire Say, who is a multilingual master organizational developments consultant, and she has a passion to optimize team performance with diverse cultures. Claire, in our last segment, we were talking about all sorts of good things about looking at um, communities, uh, well, looking at Asian communities, helping to uh, all of us understand a little bit more about um, issues in the Asian community. And one that you brought up that I think is so important for us to keep in the forefront is facing the discrimination that the Asian communities are facing right now. And if you wanted to share just a little bit more catching up some of our audience that may have missed the first segment. On what sort of things are are happening and what ways can we uh, help uh, stop it? <laughs> Let, uh, how, how do we recognize it and, and be there for the Asian communities that right now may be facing the challenges that they are of discrimination as well as bringing up painful memories of past discrimination? Right. Um, with, thank you, Lori. With, with what's going on right now with discrimination within the Asian community, even within – uh, within the community itself, uh, the Japanese are having some issues with some of the, the Chinese politicians who are saying, you need to be more patriotic during this time. You need to show that you're really supportive of, of this country. And what happens is it's bringing up the bad memories of, you know, back in the day when the Japanese showed their, their uh, loyalty and their patriotism and they were taken out of their homes and put in internment camps within the United States. And so it's happening all over again, saying, because we don't physically look like the quote-unquote proud American, that, you know, where it's assumed that we're from different countries. You know, I mean, here it's, you know, 2020, and I'm still, you know, being asked, you know, where, what country are you from? It's like, well, I'm from the United States, from New York. And the assumption is, oh, you're from, you know, you're, you're from Asia. You're creating this COVID. It's people are very emotional. And quite honestly, a lot of Chinese students are being beat up just for being Chinese because the emotion is running so high that people are not paying attention to what is really the cause of this, of this particular uh, pandemic. And we have been experiencing that type of discrimination within organizations 
uh, for many, many years because the assumption is because you're quiet, because you think uh, you have a different approach than, uh, than the people that are already in charge as people managers, that you're not considered promotable because you're Asian, because you, you're quiet and you think. And there's a certain fit that, that Asian stereotypes don't fit. When we were talking in our last segment about this being a time of change and how important to take the time that we have in in sort of our pause to consider, do we have all the voices at the table? How could more voices support uh, broader perspectives? And I'd love to have you share a bit about on that. Yeah, on the uh, this is a time for us to really reflect that do we have the right people at the table? And who is at the table, who should be at the table, who's not at the table. And because voices, all the voices are not being heard. And also this is really culturally relevant for Asians because a lot of it, uh, a lot of us that have been uh, raised as collectivists, it's more important about the group than the individual. We come into organizations and it's around, well, what have you done? And so it's that kind of counter to our personal culture, and then it's a bit awkward, quite honestly, for us to go into an organization to say, what is the right um, behavioral patterns that we're supposed to follow? How are we perceived? Also, is that, you know, that we're, a lot of us were raised with, you know, work hard, you'll you'll be rewarded. You come into organizations, and a lot of times there's that um, it's who you know, not what you do. That's important to get to get advanced, and so we're not having the right conversations, the right mentoring, the right the right uh, sponsorships, in order to really help not only Asians um, get to the table. It's really all the different perspectives: the the Latinx, the African American, African Black, um, you know, people that are LGBTQ plus, people that were persons with disabilities, military, etc all the different dimensions of diversity, it's really taking a look at, you know, how are we going to grow together if we don't have all the right voices at the table? I think you bring up a good point in terms of very often we train students to do PowerPoints, to do Excel spreadsheets, to, and that the assumption is when you have all these skill sets that you'll progress at a certain rate. Um, but what you're bringing up is we're not really training people in politics. Uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, part of, uh, you know, again, as we're, we're teaching a lot of the students to some of the presentation skills, like the, the PowerPoints, the spreadsheets, et cetera, um, in elementary school, high school, what happens, we don't teach them the communication skills, the relationship building because of technology. And the studies have shown that because of technology, we're a bit more isolated. How many friends do you have online as opposed to, how are we having that face-to-face conversation? Also, what happens is that where the expectation is, I will have a career map. I will have a career tra- trajectory when I come in. I am going to be included in all the decision-making because we've been working in teams in school. And what happens is that we have not really taught the importance of political savvy and also the the emotional piece of how do we separate personality from process? And, you know, it's a balance. And yet a lot of times we take it personally. If, if somebody doesn't include me, then I'm not part of the, the group because of the, the pressures of social um, connections. And that's, that's something that we need to be as we, all of us, within organizations need to be aware of in terms of how are we communicating, how are we engaging, also how are we listening? Because back in the day we used to, you know, command and control. I tell you what to do, you do it. Now we're in an environment where we need to have cooperation and collaboration. That's an expectation. And if people are not experiencing it, they will leave and they won't even tell you, they will just not show up. And this is a phenomenon that's been happening over the last couple of years that has never shown up before. So again, it's a new environment, new generation, new behavioral patterns that we need to be aware of if we want to continue to grow as we go into 
the next segment of how organizations will evolve globally. What would you say are like the three or four most important things to be thinking about to keep employees? In? Not just hire them, but keeping them so that um, their expectations that they bring to the table uh, are being fulfilled. Uh, part of what uh, the the three big things to really think about uh, as as we're bringing people onto organizations and advancing them is one that they have to know that you care about who they are and what they do. You have to have that personal connection. Also, uh, you know, from a talent um, acquisition, development, retention perspective, really taking a look at you know, are we getting the best talent? Are we setting expectations as well and asking their expectations? Are we having a two-way dialogue or are we just handing out a here's the the policy and procedure book and then good luck, carry on? And the the third uh, piece that we need to really focus in on if we want to keep the best talent is to retool people skills, uh, management and leadership in terms of how do we how do they going to engage with people it's a very different environment also are people stuck in i have to be right at all costs compared to how can i be in the room with the smartest people in the room i don't have to have all the answers and that's a big shift from a mindset uh perspective for people managers and leaders in today's and tomorrow's environment and with that, I'm going to have to close out this segment. They go so fast, and especially when I've got such smart and interesting people like yourselves, Claire. I love love having you on. In our next segment, I want to stay on this journey of looking at bringing people in that may have an entrepreneurial mindset. We started talking about the technology and um, not really into followership. So how do we corral a lot of different cultures and in a multicultural setting, how do we create meaning and purpose and getting stuff done? So I look forward to having our audience join me and having uh, you share with us on that. So we'll be right back. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the East Side Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics, and I want to thank you for listening to AM950. The advertisers you hear are what allows us to stay on the airwaves, and unfortunately, some of them are going to be going through some tough times with the coronavirus. So support our advertisers in any way you can, whether that's ordering takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. Even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. 
don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be sunny, behind your 47. While tonight's mostly clear, with a low around 30. Tomorrow, sunny, behind your 57. Monday, chance of storms, with a high near 64. And Tuesday, chance of storms, with a high near 72. We know that this is a challenging time for everyone, which is why it's more important than ever to keep AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, coming into your home, work, and wherever you may be. To do this, AM950 needs your financial support now. Go to am950radio.com to see how you can make a critical difference. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And we're talking about ideas that matter. And in our series of understanding other cultural perspectives, we have Claire Say joining us. She uses 35 years of work proficiencies to inspire innovation, to transform corporate cultures via meaningful inclusion and engagement strategies paired with practical implementation. So in our last segment, we were talking a little bit about the psychological safety uh, at times that we need to be looking at and as well as how can we use inclusion to help identify process improvements. We also touched on you know the generational issues and how the generations coming up are a little bit more entrepreneurial. So what I'd like to start with is – Starting with that political, that that psychological safety issue, we're all kind of going through anxiety and some fears. Um, how do we differentiate ourselves? How do we make sure that we're essential? Can you share with us just some ideas for us to think about in terms of differentiating our our future by looking at inclusion as a framework to differentiate ourselves and to bring good stuff to our organizations to be considering and to grow. Great. That's a, that's a, a great point, Lori, in terms of taking a look at how can we have inclusion as a foundation to, to make sure that we're hearing all the voices, also making sure we're giving feedback for folks that, hey, that's a great idea. It's not feasible now. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, keep those ideas coming and, really in empowering people to be creative because creative is that ideation that, that, you know, people that are right on the front line, they know exactly what needs to be done. What happens is then when we filter it through up the chain, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's not my idea. And that's how we can really start taking a look at psychological safety, which mental health and emotional wellness are becoming more and more corporate issues within organizations because what happens the stress of this notion of perfection through technology and who's to blame which is really the old blaming shaming mentality like who's at fault you know who's going to make that mistake you know you're not agreeing with me how do we shift that into psychological safety for the our existing and our future uh, employees and associates taking a look at how can we learn from our mistakes? If something's not working, let's, let's, you know, if I don't know about it, I can't fix it. And so let's go ahead and fix it as opposed to perpetuating things that, well, because they're my friend or I'm afraid that, you know, if I speak up because I spoke up once and then they slap my hand, uh, that we need to really start shifting our mindsets and to pivot from the old uh, legacy of, this is how we've always done it to how can we do it better? How can we do it more efficiently and effectively? And also how can we include more voices? Again, we need to, to, you know, really take a look at ourselves as leaders saying, 
do I always have to be right? Is that need to be right overshadowing our need to really modernize our behaviors and our processes in order to be able to have sustainability and growth in the future? And that's part of the psychological safety. Are we creating that environment with inclusion where your voice matters and we really pay attention to it and we give you feedback because that the feedback has been the missing link. And as the younger folks are coming in more entrepreneurial, more independent thinkers is that they need to have the feedback. They don't have to have a long feedback, but you know, are we on course? Do we need to course correct, et cetera? Are we making the time for that, that, uh, you know, one to five minute conversation as opposed to doing that annual review, which is the old style. With so many different voices, it strikes me as an image of being a conductor with an orchestra. I mean, there are so many different, um, different things to consider. How do you orchestrate the many voices when you are attempting to create the multicultural, welcoming, and inclusion-oriented organization that is positioned for transformation and success? Yeah, in terms of uh, it, trying to manage and lead a diverse uh, workforce and marketplace, having all those different voices, it's really taking a look at how am I more strategic from a high-level standpoint? Because what happens is that a lot of organizations and people that are in those organizations have been very tactical. Let's go ahead and do it. We can execute. Let's go forward. When you have a lot more voices, you have to be very strategic in terms of what are the voices saying? Are the right voices there? Also, are some voices overshadowing others? And really being able to find that balance and it's really t- taking a look at fairness and equity, not equality, because not everyone has a voice um, that um, that needs to be heard. And sometimes some people need to be turned down <laughs> in terms of the volume, taking a look at, okay, how are they contributing to the organization? Are they really nutritious or are they toxic? And those are some of the mindsets in really taking a look at how are we taking a look at the, the diverse voices and are we really doing inclusion, quote unquote, right? Meaning that we're really taking a look at, you know, are the introverts really being listened to? Or is it the extroverts that always get the, um, get the decision making? So those different types of approaches need to be uh, filtered, distilled, and also I don't have to make the decision myself. I should have a team of people, managers, and leaders that should be working with me. So again, I'm not working in a silo. I know you've got some strong feelings about achieving your cultural – are you culturally competent? And and uh, we had a discussion earlier about that. Share with me about what it takes looking at cultural competencies. Yeah, cut. Cultural competency is, you know, is basically a notion that can never be achieved because the the assumption of having cultural competency is that you achieve it, I've got it, check the box, keep moving on. We have to really shift some of our approaches to cultural intelligence because it's going to continue to evolve. Cultures evolve as we've seen over history, and what happens is that if we are more open from a mindset standpoint to cultural intelligence, how do we gather more information? How do we apply it to the organization and to our people? And also, how do we make sure that people feel that they matter, they're heard, and they're respected? And that's really some of the uh, the learnings I've had over time. And also, I'm sharing with a lot of the, the senior leaders and CEO teams that it's around cultural intelligence. How do you continue to scan the data and then how do you distill it, analyze it, and then apply it as opposed to a cultural competence? Because the thing is that who who created 2020, who created cultural competence, and who's going to say that you're you're competent in it? You can continue to be intelligent and keep growing with that. And help me understand how you look at emotional 
quotient competencies as well as cultural intelligence? Are there overlaps or are they very distinct? Well, there's actually, um, they're interconnected and interrelated in terms of emotional intelligence and, and cultural intelligence. Because what happens, the emotional intelligence, I'm taking a look at my self-management, also my self-awareness, also my, what is the, the awareness of the organization and how am I engaging with people? That is part of the culture because culture includes not only nationality, race, generations, geography, also work styles, work, you know, workplaces, um, in terms of what is my work tempo, what is my background, am I a survivor? There are a lot of different dimensions of diversity that also feed into culture because each of us is a combination of multiple cultures as we engage with ourselves in terms of self-reflection as well as we engage with others from interpersonal and from group engagements. And, how, and in our next segment, because I see we're coming down to the end of this one, um, I'd love to hear more of your ideas about the art of storytelling with leaders, how cultural intelligence informs that, and how storytelling for leaders helps manage the workplace conflict. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. We're, we're going to be having a storytelling concepts being shared for management, which I think is fabulously creative and insightful. So we'll be right back after a few short announcements. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. We appreciate you listening to AM950 and promoting Minnesota's only progressive talk station. We also want to remind you how important it is to support our advertisers amid the coronavirus outbreak. The advertisements you hear on AM950 are what allows us to stay on the airwaves and bring you the best in progressive talk radio. We're not funded through some giant parent company. We're an independent, locally owned business that relies on the local advertisers you hear. Unfortunately, many of those advertisers are going to be hit hard by the coronavirus closures. So please, support our advertisers in any way that you can. Whether that's ordering some delicious takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or even just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. We know times are tough, so even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way to help. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. Hi, Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz here. I know the past few weeks have been incredibly difficult and disruptive. We're facing an unprecedented challenge in the COVID-19 virus. I want you to know that the state of Minnesota is putting every resource into this fight. We're being thoughtful and collaborative both inside and outside of government to keep Minnesotans safe. What I need from each of you is, is continue to do what you've been doing so well. Stay home when you can, especially when you're sick. Follow those rules. Wash your hands. Cover your cough. Don't touch your face. They're not just things to repeat. They actually save lives. If you need more information, please go to the Minnesota Department of Health website and use the hashtag StayHomeMN. Minnesotans, we've been through challenging times before. This will press us, but we will get through it. We'll do it by the basic decency, about caring for our neighbors, and following the rules that keep us all safe. We'll get through this together, Minnesota, and come out stronger on the other side. Thanks for your cooperation. Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. So glad you've joined us today as we've been exploring cultural perspectives 
We have Claire Say, who is a multilingual master organizational development consultant. She has an, a, an absolute passion to optimize team performance with diverse cultures. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this fourth segment is looking at what we're facing during this time in terms of looking at the future. What is the company? What ways are, are we looking to our companies to grow through inclusion? Uh, what are leaders facing? So for this, uh, Claire, I'd love to have you share about leadership right now, what, how we're looking at what's working. Um, we talked a little bit about process improvement. That's something that leaders uh, you know, need to look at. But also there's turnover. We're going to lose people. We're going to need to get new people. And that whole idea of how inclusion needs to be a part of bringing back the individuals that are our workforce as well as bringing in new? And how do we really create that sense of career and not just a job? And that's a great um, – that is actually the dilemma that, it, that a lot of organizations are going through right now in terms of the talent that has been furloughed or temporarily um, let go. How do we bring them back in? And what, we're, what we have seen – that leaders that really care about people, they care about the individuals, they care about the contributions and also their advancement, is that they're doing a lot more executive storytelling. And with storytelling, because people remember stories, you can throw facts and figures at people, you know, left and right. But what happens is that you can tell immediately when somebody is telling their story, if they're really passionate, they really care about their employees and associates. They really care about their customers and they're willing to be able to, uh, to be able to um, share their ideas. Then it really comes across uh, in terms of people remember it. People are attracted to those types of leaders and then they will uh, continue to, um, to tell other people saying, this is a place that I feel like I belong I want to come back in. I have a career here. It's more than a job because they really care about people. And the story needs to be authentic. People can pick up if it's this, you know, a pan cheesy story that that was created by a PR, PR firm for them to say. Um, tell me about that. Right. People are tired, um, quite honestly, of having corporate speak, and the the need for authenticity. And to really have that personable uh, story to tell people that you really are in it for the long run. You want people with you and you're willing to listen to them. You really listen to, um, you know, also share your vulnerability as a leader and to be able to share how you've overcome some of your hardships and that you're in it together they need to really feel like you that you understand um, that that you understand what your employees are going through that the employees understand who they're working for because now more than ever we need to know do they really care are they just about the profit are they just about the membership or is it that they really want me here and they are going to help me grow professionally as well as personally so often it feels like it comes down to numbers. Um, tell me about what you think about how we need to look at numbers and are we going to be looking at numbers differently in the future? Yeah, we're, I think that um, in terms of the future, taking a look at numbers of people, numbers of, you know, back in the old days of EEO, do we have uh, distribution and diversity? The real question we need to take a look at is, who do we have on board? How are we helping them grow? Who is missing? And then how are we finding them? Because a lot of organizations that I've worked with say, well, we can't get diverse senior leaders because we can't pay them the, the salary. And what happens is that when you get to those higher levels, it's not about the salary. I mean, of course, it's important. It's really about what is the culture? Can I make a an impact, a positive impact on the culture. And it's also, will my skills be valued and utilized? 
in this new organization. And the thing is that if it's very um, traditional in terms of old thought, there's only an inner group, I'm not going to really fit in. They just want me for it, as we, you know, I've said before, window dressing for diversity, and they really don't want my diverse thoughts, then I'm not going to come. And so it's really taking a look at how are we approaching um, talent acquisition, especially at the senior levels, because employees are taking a look at who's in charge, who is leading, do they understand me, and is this a place that I want to stay? Because a lot of organizations have had so much turnover between baby boomers retiring as well as people saying, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I belong. I'm leaving. So these are some of the topics that need to be uh, really addressed with, with the talent acquisition groups as well as the hiring managers. Are they hiring like me? Are they hiring for the skill sets that are needed in the organization? And along those lines, inclusion, building trust, um, building loyalty, and helping to weather the storm. Give me some closing comments on what you think about that. In terms of uh, inclusion, trust, and loyalty, if I feel that you are authentic, you are vulnerable, and you are listening to me as an inclusive leader, then I will have a higher level of trust. If I have a higher level of trust, there's a higher probability for me to be loyal to the organization and also encourage others that are working with me in organization to continue to be loyal and we weather the storm. You know, what is the basic human um, emotion of if I feel I belong, I'm part of the team, I'm going to make sure that this is successful and I'm in it for the long run. And this is where there's been a gap of building trust, you know, telling that story, being vulnerable, and also, you know, encouraging people saying, I want to hear from you and really listen, as opposed to corporate speak saying, I'm listening to you, I'm going to do an employee and, you know, engagement survey, and then I do nothing about it. Actions speak louder than words. And inclusion is really going to be the answer for retaining talent in the future. And Claire, for as we wrap up the last 30 seconds, you want to share about the workshops that you do that you'd be available uh, to support in work, in workplaces? Yeah, a lot of the, uh, the workshops I do are, you know, inclusive uh, leadership in terms of creativity, innovation, emotional intelligence, LGBTQ+, transgender 101, as well as... Um, you know, emotional intelligence and combinations of all. And for more information on the work that Claire does, you can go to mfha.net. And also you could email me at lfitz at mfha.net. Have a great day. Great. Thank you. Thank you.